General Kenobi. Thank you for listening to episode 22 of Low There Star Wars podcast. I'm Anthony Palm and joined as always by Nathaniel Hicks. Yes, that's me. My name is Nathaniel Hicks. You like Nate or Nathaniel? I don't know. I like I, ch- I randomly decide what I'm going to say. Like, as so, it. real quick, funny story at my job. Um, you know, I work at a call center, so they have like their stuff in the system. My name, if you go to search me like on IM or search for me in, in the in the records or whatever, is Nate slash Nathan. That's what my name pops up as. And I discovered this because we were going to fill out our benefits. So like I work at a call center for internet providers, so we get free services. So whenever I was like putting my employee information, I typed in Nathaniel Hicks and I was like, we can't find you. And I'm like, wait, what? So I typed in Nate and then it popped up Nate slash Nathan. Yeah. That's like at my job. Some people are like Jeff and then other person will be like another person will be Jeffrey. And it's like, yeah. do they just pick what they want when they get hired? Like, I don't know. So I think what happened with me was whenever I did my onboarding process, whenever I was filling out my information, it said in a box, other names, and I put Nate slash Nathan. So I think they took uh, that and that's what it is. But it it doesn't matter. Nate, Nathaniel, Nathan. I mean, it, it, I've been called Nate all my life. So, I mean, it. I could really care less. Well, we'll see what I call you next week. Um, also, just so you know, I got the little notification during our live stream that Google Hangouts on YouTube is going away on August 1st. So we're going to have to use Skype or maybe normal Hangouts. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But stay tuned. Shouldn't affect the podcast for all the listeners. Uh, yeah. So this week, we're actually going to talk about some Star Wars books that we've been wanting to talk about. We've been teasing, talking about them for a while. Uh, so this week, specifically, we, we are going to be talking about uh dooku jedi lost and master and apprentice uh dooku jedi lost was written by kavan scott i believe and uh master and apprentice was claudia gray who uh, i really really like claudia gray's books um i enjoyed dooku lost as well so uh where do you want to start do you want to which book do you want to start with and then where do you want to say master and apprentice because canonically it would be first anyway and there's stuff from Jedi Lost that leads or that, that from Master and Prince that leads into Jedi Lost. The well, framing of do, of Jedi yeah. Lost is in the is in later on the past. The yeah. actual book mostly is in the past. So yeah, like, uh, whatever. Whatever mm. we talk, we can talk about Master and Apprentice first. I actually listened to like the last couple hours of that recently just to kind of refresh my memory on what happened. Um, I really like it. I mean, I think I liked it more the second time around, honestly. Um, not that I didn't like it the first time, but I just kind of I, I always kind of absorb more the second time. And um, I, I dig it. it. I like the fact that neither book. 
they're, they're not too big. You know, I mean, they're not such huge scale stories where it's trying to be at like the it's trying to make the stakes as important as the movies, which mm-hmm. they're not. And I like that about it um, because it's giving you insight into the universe without trying to tell you, oh, well, this is as important as the movie. And it's like, no, it's not. So um, I think that are, we are starting with Master and Apprentice. Yes. OK, so Master and Apprentice was one narrator which I can't remember the name of, and I feel really bad because he's excellent. I think it's Jonathan. Jonathan uh, narrated by Jonathan Davis. Yep, that's what I thought. Okay, well, he narrated the book, and he does an excellent job. Uh, so I, I joked in the, in a, on a past episode that he actually has more of an Irish accent than Liam Neeson does as Qui-Gon, yeah. uh, which is funny because it's like it makes sense, but it's like I don't know if it was maybe maybe he couldn't tone it down so low that it was like subtle. You know what I mean? So, like, he's trying to do Liam Neeson, not Qui-Gon, but I was fine with it. I actually kind of enjoyed it. And then his Obi-Wan was also excellent. Uh, and then, like we said in the past, his... Uh, so they introduced Rail Avaros, which I don't remember which book came out first. Rail was in both books, but he was a major character in Master and Apprentice, and he was kind of just... He just makes a cameo in Jedi Lost. Um, but the voicing for Rail Avaros is straight up sounds like John Goodman, and it's 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 awesome it's yeah yeah it's i didn't notice it until you pointed that out and i was like oh god you're right it does it it does sound like john goodman um the thing i like the most about master and apprentice and dooku lost for for that matter is a lot of times i feel like when we listen or watch any kind of other content uh, star wars related that that's that's canonical sometimes depending on the product it 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 seems like it's like trying really hard to fit into that universe. Like, Hey, let's put this in here for the story that you didn't know, you know, stuff like that. It, it seems it's not, it, it just seems like try too hard. You know you know what I'm saying? But whereas master and prince and Dooku Jedi lost, both were very much additive content. Like it gave new context to stuff that we already knew in time periods that we were already familiar with. Jedi lost in particular really, 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 really added a lot more that we didn't know prior in terms of what it, what is canonical. Um, but they were both very well done. It didn't, it, it, I guess the best way to put it was sometimes content seems to be like, Oh, Hey, look at me. You love this character. Hey, look at this. Like, look at this piece of content. That's not what this was like. And the fact of we listened to the book right before we did our episode one commentary, I think added a lot of, I think that was very beneficial as well. Cause it's like you, see their relationship in the movie with a new light having read the book like it adds 100 percent to the content of the main movies than it does like oh hey this is something cool that you can just kind of you know it, it it feels like it's 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 a good piece of content i mean it's a great piece of content both of them are Master- yeah i so i guess we can touch on the um the things that it adds to phantom menace and i guess really obi-wan as a character in general um i mentioned to you once i don't remember if it was on the show or not but and we're and obviously we're going to be spoiling both books so if you haven't read them or if you are interested in reading them you know obviously come back afterwards if you don't mind being spoiled then i guess hang hang out um but what i really liked is when obi-wan kind of learns to go into like a force trance in battle for the first time and it kind of like that scene kind of gives you more perspective when he's, you know, in battle in Phantom Menace, especially with all the droids um, in with the droidicas, you know, at the beginning and when, when him and Qui-Gon are taking out the droids in the very opening when they try to use the um, 
the Dioxus on him. And the lesson that Qui-Gon teaches Obi-Wan of I wanted I wanted you to be so good at the basics, like have them so like muscle memorized that you can accomplish anything you needed to. And I kind of took that as like, that's how he was able to beat Anakin. Anakin is clearly superior in the force. He's the chosen one. He's clearly, uh, you know, at least even keeled, if not a better swordsman than Obi-Wan. But Obi-Wan still defeats him in Revenge of the Sith. And obviously a large portion of that is Anakin's emotions getting a hold of him. But I kind of also took that as like, Obi-Wan was able to stay in the fight until Anakin's emotions overwhelmed him because of the fact that Qui-Gon had trained him uh, to where he like he he knows not to slip up on the little things. And that's what allowed him to do all the crazy extra stuff. Yeah, you can also see it in Clone Wars as well. You know, Obi-Wan's character in Clone Wars is very like especially and I say Clone Wars because that's the most really apart from Revenge of the Sith that you see as saber combat in Clone Wars. He's very like meticulous he's very precise in his movements and the way he fights and so like that's another thing that master Apprentice adds is to that as well clone wars is like seeing you're getting you're like an understanding of obi-wan that you didn't have before and it's 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 also it was also one of the things i really liked was seeing their relationship like you know you kind of get a you you get an idea and you pretty much can tell in episode one that they have, they definitely have a bond. They've got a respect for each other. They understand each other seeing and are listening to their interactions in master and apprentice where, you know, it's not like that they're fighting, they're bickering. Well, mainly Obi-Wan, but he's just like, I don't understand what you're doing. And that again, that makes me feel like I appreciate their, their relationship more in Phantom Menace seeing what they've gone through. Well, that and and Qui-Gon even like you see from Qui-Gon's perspective, like he's struggling to teach Obi-Wan and he like feels bad that he can't teach Obi-Wan. And it's not even just like, why isn't Obi-Wan getting it? It's like, why can't I figure out how to make Obi-Wan get it? And so I really like that. It's it is kind of showing both perspectives of uh, of Obi-Wan, you know, training. And then by the time you get to Phantom Menace and he says, I am ready for the I'm ready for the trials. You're like, yeah, you are like you've been yeah. through a lot. So um, I really like that aspect of it. Now, do you want to get to rail Avaros a little bit? Yeah, because he's a very well. The one thing I'll say before we leave uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan is uh, another thing that I really, really did enjoy is we've always known that Qui-Gon is an extremely powerful Jedi, but we never really got to see it on screen in a mainstay way. But seeing right, like, like he did one movie and then he was out. Exactly. So like hearing, you know, listening to this book, reading this book, um, the whole things with the visions, like, you know, and the prophecies, like really diving deep into that and him having the interaction he does with the force. It's like, oh, this is like proof of how powerful he is with the force, how in tune with the force he is. The wor- the worst part that I had from this book is me just wanting Qui-Gon more, more Qui-Gon. Like, <laughs> and it's one of those that I don't know if we'll ever get that, you know, just because I don't know if there's a place for that. You know, we got a little bit in the Clone Wars, which was also by Liam Neeson, which was awesome. But um, I really want more Qui-Gon. I would be surprised if we get just another um, another Qui-Gon book. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we got another Qui-Gon and Rayo Avaros book. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe earlier in the timeline, like maybe maybe not post Master and Apprentice, but I, I wouldn't be surprised and I would be totally cool with that. Yeah, I would too. Because uh, I think Rail Avaros is a really interesting character because he's so like he. 
so he wears these like rags, these rags that make him look less than homeless is basically what they describe it as. Like even homeless people wear better clothes than real Avaros. Uh, he doesn't, you know, clean his hair. He doesn't shave his beard, anything like that until obviously, you know, a part of the story where he does. But, you know, that, generally speaking, he doesn't do any of that stuff. I don't know if he bathes. I mean, I don't remember if that was said, but, you know, he doesn't like use like shampoo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so it kind of makes you feel like, all right, well, is this guy like, like, why is he the why does he that I order? Like, is he really a Jedi? The whole book, I kind of thought. Like, what is this guy doing? I know he cares about Fanny because of his uh, connection with his Padawan that had died. But um, I, I like the way that end. He uh, gets a message from Dooku. Or, you know, so like a, like a calm, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and basically saying like, hey, like I could teach you some stuff that you won't learn with the Jedi. Wink, wink. I'm a Sith Lord. Wink, wink. Or I'm yeah. becoming a Sith Lord, wink, wink. And Rail straight up tells him, like, he's like, oh, like, even if I don't Jedi all the time, I'm still drawn to the light side. And then Dooku says, I'm paraphrasing, but Dooku says something like, you're going to be on the losing side if you stay with the Jedi. And Rail says, we don't choose the light because we want to win. We choose the light because it's the right thing to do. And that little, like, part, like, that little conversation with Dooku at the very end was really revealing about the character because the whole book i was kind of wondering like is this guy just gonna leave the order at the end like is he just gonna go off do his own thing once this whole thing's over and no i mean he he kind of realized like man like i gotta i got some stuff to sort out but i am one of the good guys and that's the thing too like re like you feel for that character like even if he did you can understand like what they discussed the the journey that he went through in the in the book you i could totally see him leaving the order because what else does he have you know, he he's been this surrogate father to Fanry for eight years, you know, to to kind of make up for the loss that he had with his original Padawan. And then he's betrayed by that, betrayed by her. And so it's one of those like, what else does he have? You know, because he he seems he seems to be like one of the few Jedi who's like who's like teetering that line of like gray and Jedi because like he's still a Jedi by trade. Right. And you can kind of get that with. You can kind of see that's why him and Obi, uh, him and Quagon, sorry, um, are kind of kindred spirits. Even if Quagon doesn't know if he likes them or not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the whole the whole book, Quagon's like, I don't know how I feel about Real Avaros. Like I don't hate him, but I don't know if I trust him. And it's like you kind of get why Quagon is still willing to kind of try and connect with Rail because they are kind of similar in that sense with the whole like kind of exploring all aspects of of the Force without you know, without like getting too crazy with like looking into the dark side and all that, but being open to like, you know, kind of more quote unquote gray Jedi ideals. Um, yeah. I mean, this book focused a lot on prophecies, like a lot on prophecies. Uh, yeah. When the time for the Kyber that isn't Kyber is here, it is time. F- the time of prophecy has begun. It's like something like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. That's almost verbatim. Yeah. There might it's be like, something like off. It's like I remember like Obi Wan himself repeating it to himself, and he's like, "That's complete nonsense." And I'm like, "Yeah, totally is." Yeah, but I like that twist of the. Um, and I want to talk about the other two characters too. Uh, why I can't I remember their names? Um, the one that was captured by the slave people, who uh, that company I also can't remember the name of. God, I like just listened to this the like the other day, and like it all just like farted out of my brain. Oh, uh, you're talking about I don't remember her name, but his was. Um, 
uh oh no the merricks was their Rahara? ship Rahara. Rahara and um, Harawick and oh i know his name but like it's on the tip of my tongue i can't, uh, I can't God, find a wiki for this book uh, Rahara Wick and um yeah that's the problem that's the problem guys it's like what <laughs> these books are like six to three and i hours chew long. through these books so fast that he I does like, he really does he um, really really does uh, i feel like it's on the tip of my tongue but Rahara Wick is she's the one that's um uh what's the who are the the slave people that captured uh they're they're uh owned their property of zerka zerka tech zerka corp zerka corp that's it um yeah i like how they really dive deep into that like that wasn't just a oh hey they own slaves like that was a sticking point for the book and yeah and the fact that rahara really like put her life on the line and then got caught and then she thought she was okay because uh what's his name that i can't remember gave her the gloves because it covers where the chip would be and then the robot's like initiating facial scan and then like you just like you your heart sinks for her yeah um oh my god i'm so upset that i can't remember no it's it's like it's not showing up here uh this rahara wick pax marifer pax marifer he was raised by the droids yeah Um, he was yeah, that was a sad story too. Like this, this guy who was raised when he, since he was like five or like six years old by protocol droids for his entire like teenage to adulthood, you know, because they were on this abandoned ship. And so it's one of those that like, he was kind of a, he was kind of a jerk, but you can see where he's coming from. Like you, well, can, you, understand. Can, you can tell he kind of talks like a protocol droid. He does. Yeah. Like he really does. Like the whole time it's like, he's, he thinks he's being witty and Rahara's like, and he's like, I'm sorry. That's like, I was trying to be like the thing about this book that, that I, I enjoyed also is the, the different twists, like not necessarily like M night Shyamalan twists, but like, right. Like the different seems, twists and turns of, the book. yeah. And, and I really enjoyed them. Like the, the whole thing of, uh, you know, when the shields go up and they're using those, um, that's what I was going to, that's where I was going with the Kyber thing. Yeah. So I, I like the fact that the, the crystals that Rahara and Pax were mining ended up, playing into the story later on so uh you know when fandry is asking obi-wan about like how do you like take apart your lightsaber and then she swaps in the other crystal yeah and like i kind of was thinking that when they were talking about like well it's kyber but it's not kyber i was like is someone going to use this in a lightsaber and they did and it was really cool how like i was thinking that how like they kept saying about the shields the shields the shields and i was like what if the other kyber crystals i didn't think it was going to happen that way i thought that they would maybe like consciously put the crystals in their sabers Uh uh-huh um, you know, I didn't think that Fannery would accidentally give Obi-Wan the tool he needed. I thought that Qui-Gon or Obi-Wan would have been like, what if we try these crystals? Maybe that'll get through it. Um, but I like the fact that that came back up and cut through the shields, but didn't kill Darren. Uh, it's like this Darren with like a rolled R or whatever. I don't know um, who I, I just liked all the characters in this book. They, they were all very interesting. Not, not all of them were super deep. But they were interesting enough, you know what I mean? Where like Darren yeah. was was very like you could tell something was up with him the whole time. Um, the the Zerka Corp lady, like I just wanted her to get punched in the face. Um, yeah. And then another part that I like that ties into Qui Gon and and um, Qui Gon and Dooku that you talked about is when Qui Gon, when he's younger, as a flashback, is held hostage by the assassin, and Dooku just straight up force lightnings the the hell out of her. Yeah. And Qui-Gon like sees the darkness in Dooku then. And that's like way, way before Dooku lost, let alone Attack of the Clones. Yeah. 
uh, or rather before Princess. Right. Yeah. And that's what was really cool is going from Master and Apprentice straight to Dooku Jedi Lost. It's like it was cool to see Dooku, you know, in the book and the flashback scenes and then to get more of him that actually gives you his background story. Yeah. You know, and it was it was weird how like we got so much Rail Avaros and Master and Apprentice and then we got like just a little snippet of him in Dooku Lost. So, yeah, um, I don't remember which book was first. I think Dooku Jedi Lost might have been first because I think Dooku Jedi Lost came out in April. And I feel like because this I think they both. Oh, I'm sorry. Master and Apprentice came out. In, I'm trying to I'm trying to go to the actual because when I go to Audible, like it just takes me to play the book. Um, Master Dooku, and Apprentice so they came both out, came out in April. Master and Apprentice came out like two weeks before it. OK, yeah. It came so out you, like I think they intentionally were kind of released uh, close to each other because they were so, you know, they had links to each other. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not sequels to each other, but they are kind of they do kind of, you know reading or listening to both enhances each experience on like a second listen afterwards. So um, I guess we could wrap up on Master and Apprentice. Uh, do you have any thoughts on like the whole Pajali thing and uh, how Yoda feels about and, uh, you know, the whole Qui-Gon turning down being on the council? Well, the whole Pajali thing, like I don't need anything else from it. It was it worked in the story. It's not something I feel like we need to go back to. You know, it's I don't like, like it's it's similar it's to like story. Yeah, I like it's similar to another book that you're almost done with that we'll talk about maybe next week or maybe the week after uh, with a new dawn. Um, it's similar to that where it just takes place in one place and it's a nice tight story and it's not saying, oh, well, this one thing that happened on Pygel affected Mustafar. It's like, oh, really? Like, so it doesn't yeah. do something like that. So I like that. Um, the fanry stuff I thought was interesting. Uh, that I didn't really see the twist coming. Honestly, I, I thought either. Darren was up to something, but I didn't realize um, Fanry. It was, was Fanry. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that Pax and Rahara got a happy ending. Yeah, as far, as far as we know, maybe they went off and got killed by pirates. I don't know. Uh, and the last thing for me was I really enjoyed the epilogue where Obi Wan's over Qui Gon. Yeah, it was very end. it was very somber. It's, yeah, it's like I lo- I love stuff that adds new wrinkles to something we already know so it's yeah like, so for anyone that hasn't listened or hasn't finished the book yet and i don't know why you're listening to it still but whatever um it's it's basically right immediately before they light qui-gon's funeral pyre at the end of phantom menace and, and it's, so it's um, yeah it's an internal Padme is basically like are you ready and then obi-wan like internally is like am i ready to like set my master on fire and scatter his ashes to the wind and yeah it's very somber and depressing but he comes to the realization like anakin is the chosen one early like if qui-gon believes anakin's the chosen one then i believe he's the chosen one and if he told me to teach him then i have to teach him it's like i, I like that the, it's there's more going on in obi-wan's head than him just standing there and the right yeah that's 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 what was incredible it's a great internal monologue that gives you more depth to that scene than just him being like calm cool and collected it's him being like i have a lot of work to do you know, like it, this is this is my mission now. And the amount of emphasis on the prophecies in Master and Apprentice kind of enforces like why Obi-Wan really did believe he had to tr- teach Anakin. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess we can wrap up with that. There is m- some more stuff that I guess we can just talk about as we think of it in like later episodes and just tie it into stuff we're talking about. Um, but I definitely recommend Master and Apprentice, Claudia Gray, narrated by... Uh, as you said, Jonathan uh, Davis, Jonathan Davis. Now, that's not the same Jonathan Davis as. Am I thinking who's Gimli? 
Oh, that's a good question. Uh, that's definitely that's definitely not like Gimli from the Lord of the Rings. That's definitely not Gimli. That is John Rhys Davies. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was saying. Sim- like similar names, not. but not the same. That's <laughs> why I was like, wait a minute. Um, okay, yeah, I really okay, so enjoy, I really enjoyed it. Like Mark Thompson, I still feel like is the OG. Like he's he is the like he's the guy when it comes to these audiobooks. But Jonathan Davis did a really fantastic job, not just narrating, but his character work. Like it was it was very impressive and it really immersed you in the story. Yeah, Mark Thompson is excellent, man. He's like he's like he's that Yoda so good. That Yoda and Dooku Jedi lost. I didn't know it was him. It oh my god, it was so good. But even I, I'm sorry to go back to Thrawn like usual, but even in Thrawn, like some of the voices are like eh. Like some of them, it's like he just he. How can he do literally every single character? So some of them, they're like, okay, but like he's a Rinda Price. Like the fact that he is a guy doing the voice of a female, but it's I'm sold on it. You know what I mean? Because I know Arinda from Rebels, and obviously it doesn't sound like her, but it's he sells the character where I buy into his Arinda Price, Uh, and especially I like his. well, I think it's Thrawn is exactly what I picture yeah. as Thrawn. And uh, who did Thrawn in the in Rebels? It was Matt Mickelson's brother. Lars Mickelson. I think it was Lars Mickelson. I'm looking it up, which Lars he, he did an excellent job as well. But I think I mean, Mark Thompson has been doing Thrawn since the re-release of the audiobooks for Heir to the Empire. So, yes, he was. That was Lars Mickelson. Yeah. So I think he does an excellent job as Thrawn. I can't wait for Eli to come back in Thrawn Trees, and I really, really hope they don't kill him off. I hope it's not one of those things where, like, he's back in the first chapter, but in the second chapter, he's dead. Like, I hope it's not one of those deals. Yeah, you I actually, that- you warned me about Mark's Kanan in A New Dawn. Like, we both had an issue with his his young Anakin, kind of, you know, his, his young Anakin. Anakin. Yeah, it was kind of like the Kanan, bro Anakin. I see what you're saying. Like, from from the episodes that I've seen of Rebels, it's it's close. Like, it's because, not... Yeah, because it's more close to the actual character that we know, I don't mind yeah. it as much. Whereas Anakin, like... It doesn't sound anything like Matt Lanter or Hayden Christensen, and so it throws me off. Whereas yeah. his his Kanan, even though it's kind of a similar voice to his Anakin, it's closer, way closer to Freddie Prince Jr. So I don't I don't mind it for Kanan. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dooku lost. Dooku Jedi lost. Dooku Jedi. That's it, right? Dooku yeah, Jedi. Dooku, Dooku, Dooku lost. Dooku Jedi. De- Jedi Dooku. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Dooku Jedi lost. That's it. <laughs> It's it's an interesting read. It's very short. It's well, what was it, like six, seven hours total? It was six hours, yeah. It was I don't know if it's an abridged version. Do you know if it was abridged? Because it, it does have a full voice cast. And there's not really any any kind of like omniscient monologuing in no, between. There's not. So I don't know if it was abridged or not. I'm very curious to, to find that out. Um but the it voice cast been. was the voice cast was great. The only thing that threw me off a little bit is that older Dooku yeah. has more of a 30 year old guy's voice and less of a old man's voice. And so it was strange, but I kind of, there were so few scenes with older Dooku that I was just like, whatever about it. They probably didn't want to get someone to get like to do the old Dooku and someone to do the young Dooku. And they probably just figured get the same person. So it's now fine. That, I thought that, it was fine. That voice actress for Asajj, that's not the normal Asajj voice actress, is it? I don't believe so. Cause it was cl- whoever it was. It was close. It was really good. Yeah, I don't I don't think yeah, I know we're like clicking our keyboards in the middle. <laughs> um I don't think it was her though. Do, 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 do. For full narration cast. There you go. 
Because Asajj Ventress from the Clone Wars is Nika Futterman. And I don't think that's who it was on. Or Elage Cassidy is her name. Yeah. So, okay. So it was not the same actress, but she did a hell of a job. Really did. Yeah. Uh, So I really dug this. It felt because it was a full uh, voice cast and because it was shorter, it felt like a big Clone Wars episode, which I actually liked about it, which like some people, I saw a lot of people online commenting. I didn't realize so many people didn't like Thrawn Alliances. Uh, until I went online and then I was like, oh, everyone hates this, apparently, uh, because everyone thought it was just one giant Clone Wars episode, which I understand. Um, but I liked the fact that Dooku Jedi Lost was kind of a large Clone Wars episode. Like, I liked yeah. that about it. It was kind of just an adventure that just kept going. I think I finished it in one sitting, maybe one yeah. and a half sittings. I think I finished it in like two or three. I mean, it, it didn't take me very long, but that's another thing because it was a full cast. And it read just basically like an audio play. It was like very encapturing, like every scene I was like in, like I didn't have a problem focusing on what was going on. I didn't get lost. Like I knew what was going on. Um, and I, I think I texted you about this, just hearing Dooku's backstory, where he comes from, like, you know, his, his journey. It's, it's one of those, the funny thing about the book is throughout the progression of it. It's like, Oh, I can kind of see, you know, I, I have like respect for him. I can, I have an understanding of him. And then it kind of goes towards the end and you're like, well, yeah, it's like, yeah, no, I, I, that ending totally caught me by surprise because the whole book, it's kind of leading you to like, well, Dooku, you know, like he's in the Jedi order, but he also has like, he accidentally found out where he lit, where he was from. And he accidentally found out he had siblings and that he was actually like basically the heir to, to, um, Sereno. And well, I guess, he wasn't the heir, but he eliminated the other heir, I guess. Um, and the whole book, it's like leading you to like be sympathetic to Dooku. And then the ending, he's just awful. He's like, OK, yeah. never mind. You didn't learn anything and you're just pure evil now. So let me ask you a question. This is something that and I'll probably understand better on like a another uh, listen through. Was was it do you think it was everything building up to that moment where he bonded with uh, that creature that turned into the dark side? Or do you think the creature was that powerful that that's what turned him to the dark side? Because I don't remember the name of what it was, but it was that ancient creature that the Sith used. I don't think that turned him. I think that that opened his mind. I mean, I, we're led to believe that Palpatine is the one that really because uh, his sister was the sister's name. It's not Jenna. It's like something like that. Um, Jana, Jana, I think it was. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Jenza, 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 right? Jenza, Jenza. Yeah, Jenza. She even says like that. That other man, that man's corrupted you. And Asajj is like, what man? Because Asajj doesn't know about Palpatine at this point. I don't know if she ever finds out about Palpatine, honestly. But uh, well, Sidious, not Palpatine. Um, so I think that that it was implied that like Sidious is the one that corrupted Dooku because even after he came into contact with that that dark being, he still was all for like saving Sereno and all that. And then at the end, clearly he doesn't care about Sereno anymore. He's just using it as basically like an asset more than, you know, he actually cares about it. Yeah. The whole thing that I thought was super interesting about it was the relationship that, um, Asajj had with her old mentor. And one of the things I liked and didn't like about it was they never explained if he was just a force aberration that was haunting her basically, or if she was just going crazy. I think she was just going crazy. I, I took it as it was in her head. Yeah. 
it's one of those, the way it plays out, it's, it's one of those, it's kind of cool that you really don't know. See, I'm more on the side where I can feel, I feel like that he, that because during that stage, that period of time with Asajj, she was very much still like, yeah, she was dark side, but she was still very conflicted, way more conflicted than any other Sith we've seen so far leading up to that point. Right. So, and eventually she does turn to the light with, um, what's his name? Uh, Oh, uh, the book that they're in, right? Avaros. Um, it's a similar name to Avaros. Quinlan Voss. Quinlan Voss, yeah. Which I do want to read that or listen to that as well, but uh, let's do one thing Dark at a time. Yeah, 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 let's, yeah, let's yeah. do one thing at a time. I still have AB, uh, the Alphabet Squadron I got to listen to, too, and Treason's out on Tuesday. My God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that I like how conflicted Asajj is. She doesn't have a lot. Like, there's, there's not a lot of her in the story. She's kind of framing... The, the story of she's young us Jibu. basically she's us like she's the listener right she yeah she's framing the story um what do you think of the story told of um kind of the story of sifo that was what i wasn't expecting out of the book and i really really enjoyed it you know we got some more like backstory on sifo in later in clone wars which i thought was awesome and that's you know wait, wait was sifo in the lost episodes or was he in season that was the lost five episodes. Okay, because I know they had the Order 66 episode that I really loved as well that was like tying directly into Revenge of the Sith. I thought that was awesome. Um, but I, I love this. I, I loved that there was that relationship between him and Dooku. Like they were, you know, best friends basically. And that it, wanted, it was one of those that sifo just wasn't a throwaway character. Like this is a super important character in the story and we get to hear more about him. What I loved about his character was which is kind of messed up to say, but I loved, I loved watching him unravel. Exactly. Yeah. Like the fact of he has, he was burdened. Like he was so strong in the force. He was burdened by visions like for his entire life, basically. Right. Like, and I really like the fact that it doesn't straight out say it, but it implies like his paranoia because of his visions is what led him to go commission the clone army. Exactly. Yeah. Like it like it doesn't outwardly say that, but you can kind of just infer like, oh, OK, the, I understand why this dude was so paranoid that he wanted to go commission a, an army. Yeah, because he, he saw it coming. He saw which was which which is an interesting which is an interesting conversation to have. It's like if he has that foresight to, hey, we need the I see this war coming. We need to have a clone army. Could he not have seen now? Granted, now you can throw in there that Palpatine was like clouding all of the Jedi. So you could throw that in there, but I was going to say, how could he not see that happening as well? That being turned, but I guess you could have the scapegoat of Palpatine being that powerful that he's clouding the minds of the Jedi. Um, but yeah, I love that. I, I really, really enjoyed it. The only problem with it was the conf- was the confusion after that in terms of the whole thing that leads into attack of the clones with, you know, what was the whole deal with him in the timeline, which we me and you had a conversation about, and we actually finally figured it out. Um, so that's kind of an issue with them not outright saying it, but I, I think if they would have, ex- I think if they would have outright said it, it would have been kind of too on the nose. Yeah, no, I was content with what they showed of it. Like I said, I think that it was, um, it was heavily implied that like Sifo Dias commissioned the army because of his paranoia. Yeah. And the fact that like you saw that relationship, one of the scenes I love, which is kind of the realization with Sifo-Dyas is the scene where um, there he senses, he sees that disaster going on and they go to the planet 
they figure that out and they go to the planet and like that whole thing starts to unravel. Like I loved that scene because I loved how it was paced. I loved how it was played yeah. out. No, I agree. The, the, yeah. When they're saving everyone in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really, really good. Um, the, the only problem I have with Jedi lost is <clears throat> the type of book it is. Cause it is like an audio play and how short it is. I tried to go back and jump into Thrawn alliances like right after that. And I couldn't. Like threw I, you off, yeah. You had to like, re, you, like had to, you had to like reacclimate to a normal audiobook. That and also I went from six hours to this one being thirteen of a book that I've already listened to, and I'm like, oh god, like I, I know it goes fast. Once right you now. once you actually once you get like an hour in, it goes fast though. I love yeah. Thrawn one. Once you once no, one meet one uh, oh alliance yeah 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 yeah. yeah. I, like I like alliances, but like it's clearly not as good as Thrawn one. Like, it's a clear, like clearly not as good. Well, the problem is that it's two stories in one. I feel like it would have been better if he just had split it into two smaller novels. Yeah. Of yeah, that would have been good. And, yeah. and said these two books go together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now both of them have importance in the story. Like they, the stories overlap for sure. But like, there's a lot. There's a honestly a lot. I feel like of the Clone Wars part of the story that I feel like didn't need to be in there. Well, I feel like even if it was one book, but like part one was the Clone Wars part, and then part two was the Vader part. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because then at the end, when it's like, when Thrawn is like, we call them Skywalkers. And it's like, oh, it all ties together. But it's like going back and forth between the fact that there was an additional perspective of Padme in the Clone Wars as well, which I didn't mind as much. But it is like a third. It is jarring to have like two perspectives from the Clone Wars timeline and then the one main perspective from uh, from, you know, the Vader timeline. And it it was kind of confusing. But Thrawn one is clearly the superior novel, I think. Yeah. And I don't don't think anyone argues with that. But uh, you should go back and go back through Thrawn one. You have five days. Yeah. <laughs> no. I have got six five days. days. Yeah. Five. Well, six. The sixth day is when it comes out. Yeah. It's great. Go. Oh my god. If 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 anyone listening hasn't listened to or read the first Thrawn novel of the new canon, obviously, so Star Wars Thrawn. It's so good. Just go go get it. However you can get it. Don't steal it. But you know, go you know buy it. And that's the thing about both of these books that we're talking about today is Thrawn for the longest time has been both of our favorites. Like the, the one of the, one of, if not the best audiobook star Wars wise that we've listened to in recent, you know, releases. But with these two, they, these were really up there. I don't think they're better than Thrawn, but in terms of telling a story, they were I don't know really, if I would really put Dooku there. Jedi lost at my top three or four, just because it is kind of an audio play. It's almost kind of its own thing. Yeah. But yeah, Master and Apprentice is, is definitely up there. Uh, yeah. I would say it's probably Thrawn. Master and Apprentice might be second for me. A new a new Dawn's getting up there pretty high for me. Yeah, I do really like a new Dawn as well. I can't wait to talk about that with you as well when you finish it because I really liked it and I really really loved the villain in that book and I can't wait. To yeah, talk about yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah I guess I guess there. we're gonna be uh, starting a hello there book club. So uh, tune in next next uh next episode go read or listen to star wars the new dawn before we talk about it and then you can listen in with us if you've already read it awesome tune in we'll talk about that uh i really really loved count vidian i thought he was awesome i thought he was the villain that's a star wars book has or at least i know i'm reading them all out of release order and all that but so for me he was the villain that i was kind of looking for because he was kind of a palate cleanser because a lot of other villains in the books we've been reading i mean dooku jedi lost dooku himself was the villain <laughs> it turned out 
um master and apprentice like it was fan race sort of but like it's still kind of like it was a, it was a mystery the whole time and it wasn't like it's just a big sneering villain the whole time thrawn the first thrawn like night swan's a like, bad guy but he's actually a good guy and sort of and uh and then arinda price is actually actually turns out to be sort and of the like bad last, guy too. last shot like you got a bad guy there but he's just kind of milk toast <laughs> like there's count vidian is what i wanted fison gore to be from yeah last shot yeah like Fizen Gore, it was like I thought he was going to be all badass and intimidating, and then he was just kind of a punk. And yeah, Count Vidian, like, like spoilers, yeah, Vidian loses because of course Kanan needs to go on to be in Rebels and Hera too. But Vidian, like, he was just a just a evil sneering bad guy, and it was just nice to actually just have a straight up classic bad guy for once. Yeah, so, I, I wholeheartedly agree. So I'm excited to talk about that. Um, any final thoughts on Master and Apprentice and Jedi Lost? Um, go pick them up. It, it, you know they're 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 definitely worth your time they're completely additive parts of the story not anything to just kind of shoehorn in by any means they're they they're really special really really special they both have different emotional ties uh in terms of like the things that they cover and then like the emotions they'll they'll you know get out of you basically but master and apprentice was really kind of kind of a special book uh, in turn like like i'm with you uh, jedi loss is kind of its own thing so it's hard to lump them in with with other books but master and apprentice for sure is is a really really special novel and it's 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 fast too it's six hours it's not 13 or, or you know 13 and a half like the throne books are so that's it's something that you definitely need to pick up if you haven't already so good so good yeah and and it's refreshing that it's so short and has a full voice cast that it's not gonna kind of wear you out the way some of the longer audiobooks do so yeah uh, definitely check them out again we're gonna be talking about a new dawn next week and i'm not gonna i need to not let myself finish treason in a day and a half so don't don't do it um (laughs) like i know i'm just gonna like put it on and then i'll look down and be like oh seven hours in uh because i just put it on during work especially because like these like so alliances also came out around the same time of so every end of every like calendar quarter i have to do valuations at work and alliances came out around this like the end of a quarter too i think and it's just like I just put them on while I'm doing my vows at work. And I just I like I look down. And I'm like, oh, my God, I finished half the book. So that's why I get through them so fast. And sometimes like when I'm mad at like a pod, like I just don't want to listen to any of my podcasts. Like sometimes I'll look, look at my podcast app. And I'll be like, I don't want to listen to any of this. That's when I throw on an audio book. And it's no different than I listen to 10 podcasts that day. Yeah. See, the problem I have is that I like I said, I work at a call center. I'm in the sales department. So we're slow most of the time, but I can't just go through books like I would like to with my old job where I was just striving in the car by myself, not bothered because, you know, I'll get a call and I have to pause. So that's what takes me longer to get through the books. But um, yeah, new dawn almost through with it. Looking forward to talking about that. Definitely. Cause that's, 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 that's one man <laughs> that that's one. And that's definitely something getting me excited to go through rebels. Yeah. I'm excited for you to go through rebels because I, I kind of want to rewatch it as well. I don't know if my wife can take me rewatching rebels after I've, uh i'm almost uh almost done with my second rewatch of avatar the last airbender in the last like month and a half and i also had finished a rewatch of clone wars a couple months ago like right before they took it off netflix so i don't know if she could handle it but maybe i'll put like episodes on when she goes to bed or something because it's it's only four seasons so yeah it's not bad uh but yeah so i think we're probably just going to talk about books for the next couple episodes because there's not much to talk about with the rise of skywalker yet i mean if something if something huge drops obviously we will talk about it uh and then uh jedi fallen order isn't out until what november i think 
Uh, it's November or September. I think it's November. So, but either way, we're not gonna be able to talk about that until it comes out, anyways. So, uh, we'll probably be talking about books for the next couple episodes. I just Google searched November and not Jedi Fallen. <laughs> uh, November fifteenth. Okay. So yeah, we will talk about that when it comes out. But uh, for now, I mean, once you start your Rebels rewatch, maybe we'll talk about that as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm really interested. There's a couple of specific things in Rebels, like specific episodes rather, that I really want to talk to you about. So maybe we'll we'll uh, talk revisit Star Wars Rebels as well uh, in kind of the lead up to the Rise of Skywalker. And then maybe I'm not free this weekend. Maybe next weekend if you're free. I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll do Revenge of the Sith commentary. I do want to get through those commentaries before Rise of Skywalker comes out. Yeah. And maybe maybe we'll save uh, uh, Solo and Rogue One until after Rise of Skywalker. Like maybe I we'll just do be, the we'll yeah, just do the saga movies idea. leading up and then we'll do the anthology movies afterwards, maybe next year. Uh, but I do want to get through those as well. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week. Anything else to add before we sign off? Um. No, I'm not. Not really. Honestly, there's there's some uh, Galaxy's Edge drama going on right now with some Disney making some changes that we'll talk about probably at some point. But um, that's that's you've been catching up on Thrawn and I've just been in the rumor mill and the news cycle for everything Galaxy's Edge, even though I know I can't go there until probably two years from now. <laughs> so it's one yeah, of those I feel like I've already I gone through those experiences. I'm going there anytime soon. Yeah, I feel like I've already been through those experiences so many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it. May the force be with you. You're a bold one, General Kenobi. Hello there.